Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast about the families all over the world who love someone with Rett Syndrome. Mel and I had such a great chat that we really needed a part two, so here it is. We briefly chat about the clinical trial that they were involved in and how to find out more about current clinical trials available. Mel also talks about meeting the mother of trifinitide and what her advice is to other Rett Syndrome families. Here's part two of our chat. On your blog, you talk about your experience with the trifinitide trial, and I know that families aren't able to talk about the specifics of the trial, including what you know results they experience, but I'm sure going through a trial like this was an incredible experience. Um, what was it like for you? It, it was a once-in-a-lifetime, unfortunately, because you won't probably be any more trials, but it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I'm so glad that I took for, for both of our sakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the community that we lived in really rallied behind us, which was really, really wonderful to see. I think I mentioned earlier that I had yard sales. I had so many donations from the community, people I didn't know, um, just dropping stuff off for me to um, put into the yard sales. I had people stop by the yard sales and ask what it was about. And I had like a timeline of Caitlin's um, uh, history mm. up until the point that she was. Mm. And I was using it as an opportunity to, um, you know, make the community aware at large about Rett syndrome and and Caitlin's journey and what we hoped for her and I had people just give me money without buying anything. They're like, "Here, wow. you just need to take this." Oh um, and it, it was really. I mean, I had I had people people that I knew, but they would just show up at my door and they and they would say, "Here's money for Caitlin's trip," like just out of oh the blue. Um, and it it was people trying. Um, in all different ways to get funds for us to get to Texas and relocate for the trial. Mm. Um, Because you had to relocate, didn't you, for a a little while? How long was the trial? I I did because I couldn't travel back and forth. Mm. Um, Yeah, it would have been tough. um, We were there for 40 days. Mm. And uh, so I had other children at home. So I had to, you know, make sure that they had funds for um, what they, you know, whatever they needed, groceries and and all of that. Meanwhile, you know, it was like having two households almost for that 40 days. And then um, we were involved in a, um, or I was involved in a nonprofit called We Can. It's a empowerment for women on the Cape and Islands. And they they were of such help to me throughout the last few years that we were there. Their, their board donated funds for Caitlin's trip. And um, so that was a tremendous experience on, on its own. But then to, to go to Texas and participate in the trial was really phenomenal. The, the, um, the crew at the Bluebird Center were top notch. They were very invested in the in the trial. I'm sure they were at all the sites. 
and they were just as kind as could be, very patient, having to hook the kids up and taking the time to hook them up to the EKG machine and the, they had to put this tube near their nose and the EEG machine and they were so patient mm. and explaining everything every step of the way. And, and it was so fascinating to, to watch all these different things and see the different aspects that they were putting into the trialing. And just kudos to Nurin. At that time, they were the only one, they were the one conducting the trial for um, making it such a, an, in a way, an easy thing to, to go through. Um, it was so uh, fluid. Like there didn't, everybody seemed to know what they were doing. There was never any issues uh, for me with um, any question I had was answered and all of that. And then it was a tremendous opportunity being in another place to explore. I remember one time we, we took the, we were going to go to the YMCA and we took the bus and, and then took a car and it was like a $20 ride to get to the YMCA and then it lightened and they had made everybody get out of the pool. <laughs> and I had promised Caitlin she could go in the pool and it didn't look like she was going to be able to. And I, I was just, just kind of talking to her and somebody overheard and, and they're like, you know, that's just a terrible thing it, that she's not going to get to go swimming. Probably here's $20 so that, you know, you can spend it on another thing, just a complete and utter stranger. Oh, wow. And um, so they, I mean, the community at large was in Texas was very welcoming and helpful. And the Ronald McDonald house there was phenomenal. The amount of activities, uh, the therapy dogs that they brought in, the um, camaraderie mm. of all these parents for all the children. It was like being in your own little village. It was it was an amazing experience. We, we have an amazing Ronald McDonald house here in Sydney. And actually a new one they built. Um, I think it opened last year, which is much bigger than the old one. And it's just a beautiful place. And I, I know you don't want to be there, but... If you've got to be at the kids' hospital, this is the place you want to be. So mm-hmm. we love Ronald McDonald House and we support them throughout the year. With with your trial, how long ago was that that you did the trifenotide trial? Oh, I want to say it's six years now. Yeah. Going Five on six years, yeah. Yeah, it's going on. Uh, it's going on seven, I think, in November. I think it's going on seven in November. Yeah. Oh, there's been many trials since then, hasn't there? I actually don't know um, a lot of the names of the trials myself. I know there's one in Australia that should be starting in, in the near future. Um, do you know of any other trials available? Well, um, according to um, GP2C Girl Power to Cure, um, there's there was seven but now there's six slated for this year. Um, So that's a phenomenal number. And um, some of them, um, one of them is complete. That's the Sarizatan trial that completed this year. The ones that are going on right now, there's a, it's called Epidiolex. It's Mm a, um, I think a um, CBD or THC, derivative for um, seizures. There's Anavex going on right now, which is a very promising trial. 
in a way it's somewhat similar to uh, trifinitide. The mechanism is completely different, but in the end, the goal is also to regrow the dendrites. Oh, the dendrites. Um, you actually do explain that quite well on your blog. Are you able to just briefly explain it to everybody right now? Sure. Um, so what trifinitide does is normalize the number and length of dendrites in the nerve cells in the brain. So if you take your hands and you think of them as each of them as nerve cells that the brain is trying to send a message to, um, and you hold your hands um, very close together with the fingertips almost touching, that's the normal brain where the nerve cells have a very small synaptic space for the brain's message to jump and get to the next nerve cell. So in the, if you then take your hands and make them into fists, now that's the Rett syndrome brain. Um, the dendrites are very small. They're fewer in number. And so the brain signal is being lost in this great big gigantic synaptic space. And then if you just, again, outstretch your fingers so that the fingertips are almost touching, that's what terfinitide does. It regrows the dendrites to their normal length and um, their normal number. And what is very fascinating um, to me is that in Fragile X, the um, exact opposite is the case, where in Fragile X, there are too many dendrites and there's too much sensory input for these children. And um, trifinitide goes in there and removes the oh, extra wow. dendrites. So it, and, uh, it, it just simply fixes what needs to be fixed. Wow, so that is incredible. It, yeah, I, I think of it in kind of in a way like that thyroid medicine where if you have hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism, you take the same medication and it simply knows what to do and it fixes yeah. your, your thyroid uh, to normal. Wow. So like it balances kind of it like out that. basically. Right. Yeah. I find the whole um, history of trifinitide to be really fascinating. How, how it was originally meant for TBI the U.S. Army did a 10-year trial, and then somehow, somewhere along the line, someone said, oh, I think it might help in Rett syndrome, and went from there. Wow. I, aren't we lucky to be living in a time where modern medicine is just moving along um, and we're able to benefit from it? I think that's amazing about that Fragile X thing. I did not know that. The best place to find out about trials is www.clinicaltrials.gov. It's mm. an American, um, the FDA site, um, and it lists all the trials that have been completed, are in any stage of um, recruitment or in development, and are ready to go. So when a trial is ready to go, mm -hmm. um, it gets listed on that site. Mm -hmm. And you can look it up and you'll, you'll see what sites, if it's international, what's the criteria, the exclusion criteria, who, who's running it, what things they're going to be monitoring, what's the potential outcome that they're looking for. It's a very 
very inclusive site of information. Great. So clinicaltrials.gov. I'll leave a link so people can um, go straight to that site and also leave a link to your blog because you do um, go into your experience with the trifinitide trial a lot more. And um, I do recommend that people go see your blog anyway, um, but they can go (laughs) um, find some more information about your experience with the trial there. But also on your blog, you had a post that you recently met up with someone in San Diego who is just amazing. Can you tell us a bit about that day? Well, that was a day. Um, So I met Dame Margaret Brimble, and Margaret Brimble is the inventor of Trafinitide. Wow. And (laughs) I know it seems incredible. And the way it came about was a few years ago, uh, it's much longer than I thought. Time just passes so quickly, but about, Four years ago, I did a blog post um, when they changed NNZ2566 and were able to name it, and they named it Trafinitide. Mm. And so I did a blog post about um, how they must be like naming a baby and mm. and how exciting it was to pick a name and stuff, something like that. And I got a comment from this woman who said, I'm the mother of Trafinitide. Oh. And I... <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. And I, you know, I, I cried when I read it because I didn't, hadn't known. And I just was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, we struck up a correspondence that we've kept up now for um, these four years. Um, she sent uh, from New Zealand the cutest little softest sheep, little stuffed sheep for Aww. Caitlin. <laughs> and um, I sent to her a um, mug with Caitlin's handprints on it, made into flowers. Aww. And it said "Cure Ret" in the um, you know the center of each flower. And then um, a necklace of the trifinitide necklace that my trifinitide molecule that my daughter, my oldest daughter, had someone make. Oh she had God. actually found somebody who made molecular jewelry and she's like can you make this trifinitide molecule and she did and she made them into necklaces and so i've handed them out to certain people one was to margaret brimble one was to nancy jones she works for Nurin. i love Nurin. Nurin is a wonderful company and to colleen english who's the founder of retland foundation um and i tried to have one for me but caitlin was always breaking it so Mm. i made i made it into a bracelet but anyway, um, so we, we tried to figure out any time that we could ever meet. And um, she emailed me a few months ago and saying she was going to be in San Diego. Would I be able to go down? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and she's like, if it's not too much trouble, I'm like, no, no, I'll be there. So she was there to do a conference, but she was also inducted into the Medicinal Chemistry Hall of Fame mm. at that time. And we tried to make it down in time for the ceremony, but due to traffic, we missed that. But we spent a lovely evening with her and her husband, Mark, who's also a brilliant man. And it was just like meeting an old friend. I mean, we'd corresponded for so long that, you know, I'd said all my thank yous and did all my happy crying. (laughs) And we just, um, it was just lovely to meet her. And then it was just like old friends talking and chatting and what are the kids up to and what's next? And where are you, you know, where are you going and how are things? And 
it was really, really special. And I don't think I will ever forget it. It does sound like it was an amazing day for you and for Caitlin to meet. Um, she's a dame, isn't she? So I should call her. Yeah, dame, she was recently Rimble. made a dame. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, did, I, I was in my mind. In my mind, we were going to get there early and have a lot of time beforehand, but that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And I was thinking before, am I to hug her or shake her hand or curtsy you know, now <laughs> that she's a dame? <laughs> yeah, what do you do? I was like, I don't know what to do. But in the end, it 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 didn't matter. It it, it was perfect. And one of the really special things was that she had included Caitlin's picture um, in her presentation so that when we arrived, so many people, these giants in chemistry and, and science came up to Caitlin and, and said, you know, how wonderful it was to meet her, how brave she had been to be in the trial, um, you know, that she was so beautiful and so smart and so brave. And I'm telling you, she ate it up. She she <laughs> was so happy. And then um, Margaret showed us um, her presentation that we missed. And when Caitlin saw her picture in on the computer, she clapped her hands. Aww. So that was really that was really special. She knew that it was a big night for both of us. Um, and her service dog Flynn was a big hit. So um, and then we we met the man who invented Topamac. Oh. And I, she's like this, oh, I want to get his name right. I think it's Brian Markoff. But he, she's like, oh, he invented Topamax. Like it was nothing. And I'm, and I turned around and I gave him a great big hug. And, and uh, I said, thank you so much for helping so many of our girls. And he was surprised. And he goes, Rett syndrome. And I said, they have seizures and your medicine helps so many of them with their seizures. You just, you've just helped so many lives. And that was a kind of a surreal moment for me. That would it was be, so unexpected. That would be incredible. Um, my daughter actually is on Topamax and she's been on for quite a while for her seizures. So we see that box, you know, so many times a day, we use it every, you know, twice a day at the moment. And to see the guy that invented it would blow my mind and I would be speechless and I would be, I would just be, I couldn't, probably in tears because you're right medicine like this changes our lives um and i'm just so grateful that there are so so many smart people out there that are working (laughs) on these kinds of things um not just for you know the specific cure for Rett syndrome but for all these things that pop up in our in our lives because of Rett Mm -hmm. syndrome i guess it's called symptomatic treatment so things like topamax and things like trifinitide um that you know that help our girls and boys is life changing, and I yeah to meet two of them in one day <laughs> would have been yeah, overwhelming. It was, it, it, it was just it was, and it took me took me a couple of days to process all of it. I've been very fortunate to have met so many people that are involved in getting this medication to our children. Some of the great scientists and um, pharmaceutical companies and doctors that are working on this whole enterprise, this endeavor. And I've really been very fortunate. I've, you know, Caitlin's had some of the best um, RET specialists in the country that have helped her throughout the years and have worked on this particular trial in one way or another. 
and getting to meet them is is such an honor but it also gives me the opportunity to say thank you mm. and um i really it it's just been a tremendous experience i mean dr um kaufman and dr newell and dr glaze are all part of the report of the results of the pediatric trial that were published in the neurology journal. Mm-hmm. Um, they wrote that article in, I think, along with Dr. Percy in Alabama, and uh, I think possibly Dr. Tarquinio, but, um, and she's met almost all of them. And so, wow. and, and to meet um, Mr. James Shaw and Dr. Nancy Jones from Neuron um, at the um, Rett Syndrome Conference a few years later after Caitlin was in the trial. And um, James said to Caitlin, hi, Caitlin, I'm James. I make trafinitide. And she turned and looked at him with this look of pure gratitude. It, it, mm. it was it was so moving to see how how much she said in that look to him. Mm. I'll I'll never forget it. And we've met I think one or two more other times, and she just loves him to pieces. <laughs> of course, she is a flirt. They are, they're all flirts. Yes, they and, are. Um, <laughs> and I've also had you know the opportunity to meet some of the people at Acadia that are that Nuren partnered with to do the trial in the United States. And it's a phenomenal team. We're so fortunate to have such a group of caring, intelligent, and proactive people Mm. on our side. I was actually forgot to ask you about how Caitlin did during the trial. Not results wise, but how did she find the trial? Did she, was she aware of what was going on? Uh, She was actually, because she was such a trooper and Mm. there's no way she would have put up with any of the stuff that they were doing to her day after day if she didn't understand. And, um, I mean, never, she was so, you know, like when she normally gets blood drawn, she's very nervous. She doesn't like it. She gets upset. She, she was such a trooper through the whole thing through all these EEGs and EKGs. And the only thing she didn't really like was um, this little um, sensor that they had to put near her nose. I forget the reason that they had it Mm. because they did have something for her breathing, but I forget what the sensor by her nose was for. And um, she really didn't like that being put in place. So they always had, they had the cutest um, PA that she had a crush on. (laughs) <laughs> always come into the room. <laughs> oh, where is he? <laughs> Bring um, him in. Well, she was getting it put on, and as long as he was in the room, then she would she would let them do it. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, and then you know she she understood what was happening when when she when the trial was finished and she was no longer taking the medication and she began to regress again. This was something that we had actually, I knew that this would be a possibility. So we had actually gone to a psychologist and um, talked about it. And I, in front of her so that she understood that this might be a possibility and what could we do to 
um, make it easier on her. Mm. And so when it started happening, I just reminded her of, you know, the, the appointments that we had and what was said and that, you know, we would get through it and she was being very brave and, and she was going to help the younger girls. She, she was really sad for about three days where she didn't want to leave her room or anything like that. And um, the Ronald McDonald house was very good about letting me feed her and stuff inside the room. Cause normally they didn't let you do that, mm. but she was so terribly sad. So we basically stayed in the room for three days while she cried it out and, yeah, and then she got out of it, and um, as the trial progressed and every like afterwards, I would keep her up to date on any of the information that was coming out. And then when um, the results came out that said it was a success, you know, that it was safe and it would, did really good, and she was very happy. And then when the pediatric results came out and I, I told her how fantastic they were, without any um, prompting whatsoever, she clapped her hands. So that tells me that tells me that she completely understood the entire process Mm. and that she felt good about what she did. And she should feel good about what she did. That's amazing. And I, that story alone just shows how much we should involve our children with things that that they're going to go through and Mm -hmm. how much they do understand and you need to be as open as you can with them. And I think that's probably such a reaction when you went to San Diego and you, you know, you've met um, Dame Margaret. Yeah. She, she knew exactly who she was. We'd been talking about it and um, she knew exactly who Margaret was. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful moment all the way around. I love love talking to you. You've had so so much great information for us, but also um, just to hear about your involvement um, with everybody within, you know, the, the scientists and, you know, just and, and the community at large. I think you're doing such a wonderful job to bring awareness to your story with Rhett Syndrome and Caitlin and also you're doing everything you can to help everybody else. So I think you're a, a remarkable lady thank you and I thank you so much for your time I did have one last question for you what advice could you give other families out there that are living with Rett syndrome I guess I would say to the parents take care of yourselves Mm -hmm. it sometimes gets lost in the shuffle you don't get enough rest you don't you're not paying attention um to your emotional well-being like my myself and my other children have been were diagnosed with PTSD Mm. um, from Caitlin's aggression and years of screaming and, and all of that. But it's not just that, just being a caregiver all the time and dealing with medical emergencies. Luckily, you know, that's not something that we deal with and we all have, we all have our, battles that we have to fight they're they're different but they can affect us in in many of the same ways and just to take care of yourselves so that you can take care of your children in a healthier way I think that that's important um and one thing I recommend for new parents is to please 
please don't read everything on the internet <laughs> because it, a lot of it's old information yes. and it's all doomsday and that's not the case. And with, you know, the advent of so much, um, you know, there's always discoveries, new medicines being discovered or new applications of therapies and, and what all that, that will make your lives better, that will improve the quality of your children's lives and therefore improve the quality of your lives that isn't mentioned in old data. And so you don't know about it and you just, you're just so afraid that your child's life is going to mean nothing mm. and it's so depressing and that's not true. So that's one thing for new parents, not to put too much weight in something over a few years old. Mm. And then as far as trials go, do them. Nothing is more empowering than, than fighting back in a real way against Rett syndrome. And being in a trial is one of the most empowering things that you can do. And, and everyone who can't be in a trial is waiting for people to fill it so that they can benefit from it. Mm. And we're a community that depends on each other to do these things. There's some children that just, it's like, it's like, and not to get political or anything, but it's like herd vaccination where <laughs> you're counting on, on, you know, the majority of people to, to do what can be done so that the children who can't do them can mm -hmm. benefit yeah. and, and your own children to benefit. So being in a trial is the quickest way to help your own child. And to help others. And to, yeah, and to help others. And it's a, it's a big investment, but in the end, it's extremely worth it. And if, and if you can do it, please at least try, mm. um, is all I could say. And I think one of the other things is to find your humor where you can. Yep. So <laughs> you need to find the humor in your life. As bizarre as that sounds, you no. have to be able to laugh Absolutely. in your day. Yep. So, yes, it, it might sound strange to someone outside of, of your family or your world, but I will do anything that makes Caitlin laugh. <laughs> and I know that there are a lot of parents out there that are the same way. And it's not the life you envisioned. I didn't envision, you know, saying, Caitlin, did you fart? <laughs> and at the age I'm 56 now, yeah. Um, but it makes her laugh, and it makes her happy. And you know, if something breaks, she thinks it's funny. Find the humor in your life, and find the joy in the little things. And the little things are major accomplishments, and you should be proud of them, and happy. And we're all here in the community to be happy for you when your child takes a, walk, a step on their own or finally picks up an object. That's a huge thing mm -hmm. and it should be celebrated and we're all willing to celebrate that with you. We are. Thank you again to Mel for her time and for sharing so much information that I didn't know myself. It's always a learning experience for me. So I'm so grateful to have spent a little time with each of these families. 
I'll leave links to more info about the clinical trials and Mel's blog in the episode notes. Wherever you are in your Rett syndrome adventure, or if you're listening to this podcast to learn more about the families living with Rett syndrome, thank you for listening. Please remember to tell your friends and family about the Remarkable podcast, share the Instagram and Facebook posts, not only during Rett Syndrome Awareness Month, but throughout the years. We have a couple more episodes to share with you, so remember to check them out and I'll see you then.